The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Zero. Okay. The countdown has ended and my screen is flashing around. There we are. We are live. Welcome. Good morning. Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time of day you happen to be watching this, it is live. It's morning here when my time zone. I'm Pastor Nelson, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. This is your Sunday School lesson for July 26, 2020. We're in the book of Proverbs today as we continue um, skipping through the book of Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33 through chapter 16, verse 11. So that's the last verse of chapter 15 and the first 11 verses of chapter 16. Uh, remember, chapter and verses are added later in, in things. So King Solomon, when he wrote Proverbs, wasn't writing chapter and verse numbers down. We're glad you're watching this morning. If you want to, we are from, I am from Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri. If you want to find out more about us, you can check out our website at towerviewkc.com. Or you can check out our Facebook page, Tower View Baptist Church. Like I said, we're in Kansas City, Missouri. There is also a Tower View Baptist Church in Illinois. But they spell their Tower View different because their Tower View is one word. Our Tower View is two words. So, that's about us. That's about them. And we thank you for being Let's um, have a word of prayer as we get started. Lord Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you provide. You are the mighty God. Help us as we take a few minutes this morning to go through your words. Give us godly wisdom. Give us godly grace as we go through them. And I pray that it will change our life, change our heart, maybe just a tiny degree. It may just change a small thing about us. But that one small thing can change, make a big difference down the way. A step in the right direction is, is a step towards you. So help us as we study your word this morning. Lord, we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Judy, and others who are online and who are coming online. As I said, we're in Proverbs chapter 15. In Proverbs 15, um, so as, as we're in this section of Proverbs, this is a section of Proverbs where every verse is its own proverb. It's its own saying. Sometimes it goes together with the verses nearby, and sometimes it seems like it has nothing to do with the previous verse or with the next verse. And so as we go through this, you know, th there are common themes throughout Proverbs, but they don't, when, when they wrote Proverbs, they didn't put all the common theme verses together. And so it's more of a scattershot. And as we go through Proverbs, we remember too, most of Proverbs are not law. These are not commands as like the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not bear false witness. But the Proverbs are insights into God, insights into yourself and to other people. They are observations of life. 
They are guidance. They are advice that we should follow. It is scripture, and so we need to heed the advice. We need to heed the guidance. We need to take note of the observations that they make. We need to take note of the ways of God that God that is described here as we read it. And so as we go, we'll we'll kind of you know dig into that a little bit more. But we're in Proverbs 15, verse 33. That's the last verse of chapter 15. And we're going to go continue on into chapter 16. Now, if you're following along in your lesson book that gets printed, the Explore the Bible series, and you're going to read the scripture with me as I read it, and you're reading it in the, in the book, you're going to be confused. Because the book, for the second week in a row, does not take the scripture in order. Okay, it. So what the, what the author has done is of, of the lesson plan. He's taken different verses that ha, have similar themes and put them together. And we're going to kind of do that, but I'm going to read the scripture in the order that it is in scripture and talk about it in that order. But take a note how the the lesson plan. If you read the lesson plan, why he puts them in the order that he does. Because he's putting verses together that are themed together, and that's fine. And as you read through Proverbs, you're going to want to do that. You're going to say, wait a minute, this theme was repeated back here. Sometimes it's almost word for word. In other places, it's, 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 it's um, more varied. And so as we go through this, note the common themes. And even though the common themes are not necessarily adjacent to each other. But Proverbs... Once you get to chapter 10 of Proverbs, towards the end, till, till almost to the end, it's a scattershot. It's just a list of sayings that are all put to, that are listed, but they're in no particular order. They're in no particular theme order. And so as you read through them, understand that, that one verse does not, sometimes it does tie together with the previous verse. So be aware that it could tie, because sometimes two verses definitely go together. But most of the time they don't. And so as you read that, that's kind of a challenge to reading through Proverbs. So we're going to start reading in chapter 15, verse 33, and I'm going to continue into chapter 16, verse 11. So first I'm going to read all 12 of those verses. So chapter 15, verse 33, it says, The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches, and humility comes before honor. The reflection of the heart belongs to mankind, but the answer of the tongue from the Lord all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Commit your activities to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. When a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. A person's heart plans his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. God's verdict is on the lips of a king. His mouth should not give an unfair judgment. Honest balances and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his concern. So as we begin here in chapter 15, verse 33, notice that many of these verses point to each other, point to how we treat other people in this world. Some of these verses are pointing to God directly and what God is doing. 
And so you need to understand that there's a difference. Sometimes he's pointing to what God is doing in this world. Sometimes he's pointing to what we need to do with God or what God is doing with us. And most, and most Proverbs are how we treat one another on earth in various relationship settings. But in verse 15, in chapter 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord. And there's that phrase again, the fear of the Lord. It's a common theme throughout Proverbs, throughout Scripture. But Proverbs especially, remember way back in chapter 1, verse 7, it gives kind of the theme of the whole, what the purpose of the whole book is. In, in 1-7 it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Here, in 1533, it says, the fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches. And humility comes before honor. And so, wisdom teach godly wisdom teaches you that you need to fear the Lord. Not be scared of God. That's not what fear of the Lord means. It's awe of God. It's the respect of God. It's obeying God. It's honoring God. The honor that is due Him. It is bringing everything that you know to God. Everything that you feel to God. Because He is the one that can change things. And that is part of the fear of the Lord too, is taking everything to Him. Your fears, your anxieties. Take all that to God. That is part of fear of the Lord. And that's what wisdom teaches you. Wisdom teaches you need to take all of that. And when wisdom teaches also, humility comes before honor. The second part, remember all these scriptures, they're, they're in, most of them are, to, are in couplets. They're two lines that go together. And here, it's kind of an amplification or an explanation of the first one. It says, humility comes before honor. Many of us look for honor in our lives. You know, we want that award. We want that promotion. We want to be recognized. We want to be thanked. But wisdom teaches that humility comes before honor. That means we don't just go, oh, shucks, it's nothing when, when we're honored. But it realizes that we're not always going to get earthly honor. And, that's okay, and be okay with that. Be okay with people not saying thank you to you. Because is, is, is that the only reason you're doing things? Is just to have people say thank you to you? Because if that's the reason, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Humility comes before honor. And this humility goes back to the fear of the Lord. God is the one who is exalted, not us. God is the source of our salvation, not us. So fear of the Lord. And that, like, like I said, that's a common theme through Proverbs. And that's kind of the theme of the whole book is the fear of the Lord. So as you read every proverb, how does that play into fear of the Lord? Every single proverb. How does this proverb, each line, each verse, how does that play into the fear of the Lord? So 16.1, let's keep going. The reflections of the heart belong to mankind, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So we have all kinds of thoughts. We have all kinds of attitudes within us. The reflections of the heart belong to mankind. And they're our own. We have our emotions. Our emotions are what they are. Okay, I, why do I feel sad today? I don't know. But those are your emotions, and you do feel that today. And every emotion is a God-given emotion. But the answer is from the Lord. So the true answer is from God. So we have our hearts, we have our plans in our heart, but God is the true answer. He is coming from the Lord. Um, 
and this is kind of a verse that's like even scholars they really don't understand what he what he's getting at what's the purpose of this proverb is so sometimes as you read these proverbs you're going to go i don't get it that's okay because scholars sometimes don't get it and this is one of them is like okay how does the second half relate to the first half and i kind of gave an answer but that's by no way definitive really even i mean the lesson plan and i, I read another commentary both of them are like eh, not really sure exactly what that means we here's some ideas of what that could mean but we're not really sure because some of these may be sayings that came from ancient hebrew ancient israel that we don't you know that aren't in, in society anymore so we don't really understand what he's getting at and so if you read a proverb like this one it's like okay i, I don't get it it's okay move on because there are other ones you will get and so you don't have to get and, and figure everything out in total in, in total clarity sometimes you will and sometimes you won't verse 2 16 2 all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. The word for motives, I have a footnote in, in, in my Bible that says, the word for motives literally is the word for spirits. So all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs your spirit, your, 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 your heart, your soul, which comes down to your motives. And so we, you know, what it, you know, we we make plans because we think that's the right plan to do. Everybody does that. But you think about that. Even criminals justify what they're doing. Well, it's just my job. My job is to steal things from you. As if you know, it's no different than working down at the factory or working at the the fast food place. And and God weighs motives. God weighs most. God weighs your spirit. So you may justify what you do. You may justify cheating on your taxes. You may justify on, 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 on you know, any, all kinds of things. But God's checking your motives. He knows what's in your heart. He knows why you're really doing this. Something, and he knows it better than you do. You may be so good at deceiving people, you deceived yourself. But God knows the heart. And so... That's a prayer request. God, am I doing things for the right reason? Am I doing the right things? And that's, that's a play, it's a, a point of contemplation for you. Verse 3. So we're continuing through the book of Proverbs this morning. We're in Proverbs chapter 16. We're now in verse 3. Commit your activities to the Lord, and your plans will be established. So actually, this one kind of goes with verse verse 2. Um Verse 3, you know, this is verse 3. It kind of goes with verse 2. Commit your activities to the Lord. So, uh, the verse 2, it says, you know, all a person's ways seem right to him. But now it's saying, just commit your activities to the Lord. Just do it. And your plans will be established. Because if your activities agree with God, well, then you're... God's not against you. If you if you if you justify yourself and your activities are sinful, prideful, go against what God is wanting you to do, then you're fighting God. And that's that's a losing battle. God does not lose. So as the the experience in God study Henry Blackaby said, you know, years ago, you know, you know, find where God is working and join him. 
Commit your activities to the Lord. Find out what activities you need to do with the Lord. Because God's, those are God's plans. Those are the ones that will succeed. Because you're not fighting God. Verse 4. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of his destruction. So once again, you know, commit your activities to the Lord, but here the Lord has prepared everything. Everything. All the good stuff you're going to do, but he's even preparing for judgment day. Everyone, you know, he's prepared everything for his purpose. And part of his purpose is the wicked being destroyed. Now, is that earthly destruction? Sometimes the wicked are destroyed. Then, you know, the thief. He's arrested. He's convicted. He's sent to jail. All right? That's his judgment. And that can be a godly judgment. At one time, I looked at prison ministry. And so I visited some prisons. And I met some prisoners, some convicted criminals, who had a better walk with God than people I go to church with. Because part of God's plan was, you know, they were saved and they were truly saved after they went to prison for the deeds that they did. And so that is, you know, so sometimes judgment is meant for, um, you know, can, can, can be used by God. But, you know, God's got a plan that the wicked will not go unpunished. Sometimes we wish it would happen quicker. Where's that? Why didn't God catch that porch thief? Okay. Um, you know, why doesn't God, you know, fix our country? Why doesn't God get rid of all the corrupt politicians? You know, why doesn't God do that? Why doesn't God? But don't know. He, God has a plan. His timing is not our timing. And so, but he has a plan. And we have to take heart to that and, and be patient with that and understand that God's timing is not ours. Verse 5. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. So once again, the theme of punishment. The proud heart. So now this is not proud is as in, you know, here I made this thing, whether you quilted a quilt or built a table out of wood or fixed a car and, and you're proud of it and that that's you know and then you got well here you know let me show you you're proud of it and you want to do the best job as uh, you can you offer a warranty on your car repairs no that's not the pride that this is talking about this is the this is the haughty pride the arrogant pride that i am better than you because i can because i can quilt i'm smarter than you because I can make this table out of wood, I'm smarter than you. Because I know how to fix cars, I'm smarter than you. No, that's 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 the haughty pride. That's the arrogant pride. The pride that says, I don't need God. I, I'm not going to use the crutch that is God. I don't need God. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. So God in verse 4 says he has a plan for for the wicked. And here he's saying goes with that he says you know they will not go unpunished that prideful heart will not go unpunished so some prideful heart leads to criminal activity and they get arrested other prideful hearts are perfectly legal and so but they will not go unpunished 
What will their punishment be? Don't know. It may not be in this world. It may their punishment may not come until the final judgment, after they are dead and gone. But realize it's, it's but still it's in God's hands. It's not in ours. We don't need to take vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's. It says in other places in Scripture. Verse six. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. So once again, here's this couplet, and realize it's kind of saying the same thing twice. Okay, Iniquity, that sin, is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness. That word faithfulness there in, in, the, in the Christian Standard Bible, in the New American Standard, that's translated loving kindness. There's the Hebrew word behind, notice I don't talk about Hebrew a whole lot, but the Hebrew word behind here is hesed. Okay, it's analogous, it's, it's not exactly the same, but it's analogous to agape that we talk about in the New Greek, in the New Testament. It's God's faithful love. His eternal love. That's why the New American Standard translated loving kindness. It's God's loving kindness. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and love and faithfulness or loving kindness. And then one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. So we have the theme of sin in both halves of this verse, but there it's a little bit different theme. It says iniquity is atoned for, so it's talking about somebody else doing it. And then it talks about your repentance. One turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. So iniquity is atoned for. Where does our atonement come from? It comes from God. This is the Old Testament. Jesus hasn't been born yet. Jesus hasn't died and resurrected yet. But still, God is thinking about that. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness. Is this our loyalty? We think of our you know, loyalty to your sports team, even when they lose 100 games in a season or two seasons in a row. Um, nobody's going to lose 100 games in baseball this year. Um, iniquity is atoned for by loyalty or loyalty to family well you think about the mob they have loyalty don't they your loyalty to the mob is you take the fall for your boss no this is not that loyalty this is God's loyalty to us his faithfulness to us that is what is atoned for that's how our iniquity is atoned for is God's loyalty God's faithfulness to himself and to us one turns from the from evil, one, that's you and me. How? By the fear of the Lord. There's that fear of the Lord again. We need to fear the Lord, and he will give us loving kindness. He will give us loyalty, and our loyalty belongs to God more than anything else. Is your loyalty to country? That's okay for a time. But what happens if your country turns away from God? Your loyalty to your family is fine, but what if their loyalty turns away from God? And you thought they were following God and they choose not to. The loyalty belongs to God, eternal. God is our eternal salvation. Once and for all. And it's eternal. All the earthly loyalties are temporary. We can pledge allegiance to the flag. That's fine. I do it but realize it's a temporary loyalty. It's an earthly loyalty. And our loyalties may change, the earthly loyalties may change because, you know, our country may change. 
What if our country turns away from God and, and makes laws that make the outlaw God? I'm not going to pledge my allegiance to that country anymore. You know, not everybody can pledge loyalty to their own country because of, because of reasons like that. Or they can't pledge loyalty to their family because the rest of their family doesn't follow God. And so loyalty to God is number one. Loyalty. And it, you turn away from evil by the fear of the Lord. Once again, the fear of the Lord. As we continue on, in, uh, as we continue on in the book of Proverbs, we're in Proverbs 16. Now we're in Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now when you think about this, and I just mentioned persecution. Is this talking about persecution, that if you follow God, even your persecutors are going to love you? Well, no, probably not. But in everyday life, like I said, this is scattered. In everyday life, with your neighbors, with your family, with your co-workers, if you follow God and you're gracious and you're forgiving and you love your enemies and you do things that show your love for your enemies... Some of your enemies are going to become your friends. And they're going to realize they don't need to hate you. And so you can become friends with people of other religions. You can become a friend of a Muslim. You can become a friend of a Jewish person. You can become a friend of an atheist or an agnostic. That's okay. You can become their friends. And you can teach them about Christ. You can teach them that not all Christians are these what you see on TV. You know, hateful, vile people with spit running down their chin and smoke coming out of their ears. No, you don't have to be that way. And so this this is an observation verse about life. It doesn't cover every situation, every time, everywhere. But many times in your life with your neighbors and your family members and your coworkers and maybe even as other church members, you can become their friend when you exhibit God's love. Okay, when a person's way pleases the Lord, so when you are following God, when you're doing the things that please God, even some of, some of your enemies will make peace with you. You will have fewer enemies. Will every person be your friend? No. This is an observation. This is not a command. This is not a 100% thing. But many of your enemies will become your friend if you just choose to follow God. And if you're confused on how to do that, read Romans chapter 12. Well, which verse? All of them. Okay? You need the whole thing. Put it together. One of the verses in there says, as much as you can, depend, depends on you, live at peace with one another. And there's a whole bunch of verses there that say how to do that. What are some examples of ways to do that? And the whole thing begins with, you need to change your mind and can not conform to this world and be transformed by God. And so that's where it starts. Verse 8. Better a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. This is another common theme throughout Proverbs. Better a little with righteousness than a great outcome with injustice. Live according to God. Live righteously. Don't worry about getting stuff. Don't worry about getting stuff. Because what's going to happen with your stuff the day you die? It all goes to somebody else. Okay, it may go to friends and family and loved ones. That's fine, 
but it's not yours anymore. And something you cherish, they may go, I have no idea why, you know, my, my kids are going to be someday like, why did dad keep this thing? And eh, we don't need it anymore. You know, I understand. I get it. It was meaningful to me. It won't necessarily be meaningful to them. Or if I die first and Sonia goes, you know, I don't know why he kept this thing. Get rid of it. You know, um, all our stuff goes away. And, and no matter how meaningful it was to you, it's not going to be meaningful to others. And so it's, it's all going to go away. Or, you know, all your money. Well, some of it's going to go to Uncle Sam in, in taxes. Um, and somebody else will spend it for you. Better a little with righteousness, but, you know, than great income with injustice. Don't make the goal of your life to get more money, more stuff. Even ill-gotten stuff. Um... I was going to say, there was a verse I read later in 16. I was trying to find it. Um, in verse, and, and later in this chapter, in verse 16, it says the same thing a different way. For in 16, 16, it says, Get wisdom. How much, be, how much better is it than gold? Get understanding. It's preferable to silver. And this also, this is we've seen this earlier. You know, so living a righteous life is better than just getting stuff. Yeah, you may be poor, you may not have the 60-inch TV, but you're still following God. You don't need to go into debt for everything. And, and money is a, is a common theme throughout the book of Proverbs 2. And this is, this is one of them that's about it, money, okay? Live righteously is better than getting more money, okay? Do the right thing, not the, not, not the, the profitable thing. Because they're not always the same. Sometimes they do line up. And often they don't. Verse 9. Chapter 16, verse 9. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. And this is kind of goes with another verse that we already read. You know, back up verses 2 and 3. A person's heart plans his ways, but the Lord determines his steps. You can kind of look at this in a couple different ways. Um, you know, we, you know, like up in verse, um, two, all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. And so we could kind of say it that way. It's like, well, you know, we, we plan our ways good or bad, but God's going to, one that's going to determine it. But even, even, um, uh, even, you know, the right things, you know, we, we know someday we're going to have to retire. So you have a retirement plan. And you plan on retiring. And maybe God will, you know, let you retire. And that's fine. But it may not look like the way you thought you planned it. God's plans may be more specific. You know, kind of look at it this way. You know, you, you plan on driving to St. Louis from Kansas City. Well, you take I-70 the whole way. It's the fastest, most direct way. But sometimes there's a detour. Sometimes the road is closed. Could be road construction. Could be an accident. Could be a snowstorm. Sometimes the road is, and you've got to take a detour. Some God, God detours us and makes us take the back roads and takes the slow road, the crooked road, the, the road that seems crooked to us. And God makes us take a different route. And so he, so, you know, God, I need transportation. You know, I'd really like that brand new Mustang convertible with the cool exhaust system that sounds really cool. 
And God says, well, I see you need transportation. Hey, you know what? That co- there, there's a person that works in, in, your, in your building that lives two houses down. You can just carpool with them every day and ride with them in their old car. So you can be a witness to them and be an encouragement to them. Or maybe they'll be an encouragement to you. And so God provides the transportation, just not the way you thought it was going to be. So God's plans, you know, so we make plans in our lives. But God's ways, you know, he may change them. Be be okay that God may change your ways. He may make a different specific thing the way you're going to go. Um... You know, I planned. I planned to take. You know, I got out of college. I got married. We started having kids, and I had a plan for taking care of my family. I was a computer programmer, and God says, "How about you going a little bit different way? I want you to work for me directly in ministry." And that's what I've done for many years now, in in, in different ways. Hasn't been the same ministry job. Hasn't even been the same type of ministry. So. But God, I've still provided, God has still provided for my family the whole time. My kids never went hungry. We were never homeless. And so God changed my plans. Because God determines the steps. Sometimes it doesn't really matter. Do you work for company A or company B? You know what? They need godly people in both of those companies. Well, if I go to college, what should I do? Should I... You know, go to college A or college B. They need godly people at both of those colleges. They need godly people in every type of career, whether it's computer programming or in, or mechanical engineering or mechanic school or electrical, uh, electrician school. They need godly people in all those fields. God, follow God. And just understand God may change things up just a little bit. Let's see, we're in verse 10. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 10. God's verdict is on the lips of a king. His mouth should not give an unfair judgment. How many kings out there? Raise your hand. No. Not too many of us are kings. And so this is a verse about kings, but you know what? It's about anybody in a position of authority. God's verdict is on the lips of the king. His mouth should not give an unfair judgment. So you, if you're in a position of authority, whether it's, you know, you're a supervisor at work, okay, whether it's a ministry position wherever you are at, in your family, if you're a parent, you're in a position of authority. Your mouth should not give an unfair judgment. You should not... And so everything that we do and say, God is watching. It matters. God's verdict should be on your lips. You should say, God, what do I need to do? So we need to make prayer requests. God, how do I, you know, how do I discipline my child? Because to your child, you're king. You're at work. How do I implement things? How do I discipline an employee? How do I encourage an employee? How do I make decisions about my employees or the people you work that work underneath you? And so pray about that, that because you will be judged for that. God takes 
authority, earthly authority seriously, and he will hold you accountable for that. And verse 11, the last verse we're going to look at this morning. Honest balances and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his concern. And so this is just for a regular business person doing a regular transaction throughout the day. Now back in this time period, they didn't have coins and pieces of paper that had numbers on them, or credit cards for that matter, you know that. And so if you bought something, they would say it's, you know, whatever the weight was, but say it's three ounces of gold. And they had a balance scale. And so the the, the shop owner would put a three-ounce uh weight on one side of the scale and then you would put gold on the other side until it until it balanced well if the shop owner was crooked his three ounce weight may have weighed four ounces and so you would unknowingly put in four ounces of gold and he would get some extra he, he would weigh you know get a little extra that way god says don't do that don't cheat your customers don't do it. That goes all the way back up to verse 2. All a person's way seems right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to take care of my family the best I can. I can take care of them. I got to get more stuff. No. Don't do that. You know, that goes back up to verse 8. Better a little with righteousness than a great income with injustice. Okay. You might be increasing your income, but you're not doing it with justice. You're doing it with injustice. And so it's better to not get as much, but do it rightly. Okay? Honest scale. So you see how these verses go together. You have to go back and look at them. But it's not always obvious. So everything, every part of our life, we need to be following God, even in our business dealings. Whether you're the business person or you're the customer. Even as a customer, we need to be godly in our transactions. I worked a Radio Shack at one time. Somebody bought a VCR, and then they brought it back. They said it didn't work, or they changed their mind. I don't remember what the, what the reason was. But after they left, we opened the box, and we got looking a little bit in more detail. They switched out the remote. So their remote quit working on their VCR. They come into the store. They buy a VCR, open the box, take out the remote, put in their old broken remote, put it back all back in together, and take it back and return it. That is a not doing a balance scales. Okay, that is cheating people. That is injustice. That is God looking at your motives of your heart and seeing that they, they're lacking. Okay? He might be able to justify it. Oh, well, they don't miss it. They don't care. It don't matter, you know. God looks at all of that. And so... These verses, they seem kind of scattershot, and in a sense they are, but they still go together. And God, it's showing you that here is, this is about God. God is looking at your heart all the time, every place, everywhere. And he, he's better at it than Santa Claus. You know? And so he's knowing this. And so whether you're the supervisor, you know, and this verse is written for the person who's in power, the, the the business one, the one who's controlling the transaction. That you are controlling the transaction, you need to be honest, you need to be godly, you need to be righteous. 
And you see how all these go together. They may be scattered shot. And so as you look through the lesson plan, <coughs> excuse me, as you look through the lesson plan, you see this. You see how he's put some of the verses together where they kind of link together. And that's fine. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, and as you go through Proverbs, as you read through the book of Proverbs, you can do that. You can look at verses. Hey, I, I've read this before. Hey, this kind of links to this verse, and it may be three verses in front. It may have been two chapters ago. And you do that, and that's fine. Look at them. Look at it, because Proverbs does come across kind of as scattershot. But as you read it, note the parallelism in the verses. We did that on some of the verses. How Are they the opposite of each other? Is one explaining the other? Are they synonymous? Are they just restating the same thing in two different ways just to kind of drive the point home? Look at the poetry and how they do that. And understanding that two in a verse, you know, the, the two halves go together somehow. And try to figure out how those two verses go together. But realizing these are not God, these are not commands. These are observations. These are insights into God. They are insights to humanity and how we treat each other. And so I pray that as you read this, you'll see that. And so, but and then sometimes the verses that you're going to read and you're not going to understand, you're not going to get. You can read a commentary. And some, some commentators are just bold and they just say, well, this is what it means. Others are more honest and say, you know what, we really don't know what it means. It seems like it could say this, but we're really unsure of that. Sometimes there's a word in there that we don't know how to translate. But they always translate it anyways, so they have to put some meaning there. And so look at that. Look at the footnotes in your Bible. Like I said in verse 2, there's a footnote in my Bible that says, you know, motives literally means spirits. And that can give you kind of some insight. So as you read Scripture, as you read this, read it, you know, read this and ask God to open your heart. Ask God to open your mind to help you understand. And if you don't understand everything, that's fine. If you don't get these, how these verses go together, that's fine. Just read and let God teach you where you are. God doesn't teach you everything all the time, all at once. We, our minds would go, you know, would blow our minds if we got all at once. So understanding that sometimes you just don't get it. But if, if, if it's really bothering you, you really want to understand, you know, send us a message here at, church, at Tower View. And myself or Darren or Craig, we, you know, we'll you know try to do best I can to help explain it if we can. Sometimes I'm going to say, hey, that's a good question. I don't know the answer either. But then we're in the same boat. Then you know that. You know, Ask us. Ask a, a, a godly friend that you know if, if you need that. You know, get, you know, if you, if, if you can afford it and you, and you enjoy that thing, buy commentaries. Buy those books. Some of them are expensive, but if you can afford it and you can and you can read it and, and, and gain something from it, then do it. You don't have to go to seminary to buy a commentary. What, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for listening um, today. I'm going to let's close a word of prayer as, as we finish this study. Lord God, I just thank you for these words that you provided, these words of wisdom. Help us to follow them. Give us insight into them. Help us to change our hearts, change our mind. Help us to fear the Lord and understand and all the different colors of that means. 
every day, every hour, in every transaction, every encounter that we have. Help us to fear the Lord. You are the mighty God, Lord. We just pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, once again, you've been watching and listening to uh, me. I'm a uh, associate pastor. I'm Pastor Nelson at Tower View uh, Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, you can check out our website at towerviewkc.com. You can call us. You can text us on our church line. That's 816-368-1330. It's posted in the comments. Um, thank you, Judy and Shirley. For, for watching, I see your comments. Linda, I'm looking through the comments now. And all the others who have been watching that didn't leave a comment. I thank you for all, all of you who do that. And um, I pray that God will bless you for today. And if you're watching this live, uh, we'll have service today at, at Tower View. Um, if, you made, if you made reservations to come inside, oh, welcome, welcome to see you inside. You can sit outside. You got a couple grassy areas that you can sit in. Put bring your lawn chair or your blanket and sit down. We have some shaded areas. I know it's going to be kind of warm today. We have speakers outside, so if you come, the service starts at 10:30. Uh, you can come and sit in your car and listen on the radio at 90.7 FM in the parking lot. You have to be in the parking lot to hear it. If you're not in the parking lot, you won't hear it. Um, it won't be on your radio. We don't have that big a transmitter. Um, and so, and uh, today, uh, Darren is is uh, preaching in the, out of the book of Psalms, and it, my mind went blank on what uh, Psalm he's preaching out of today. Uh, he'll be preaching outside today, so this is an outside Sunday. We've been we're alternating if he preaches inside or outside. So he'll be standing in the back of the pickup truck today. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And if you can't make it, that's fine. The sermon. The songs that we're singing are on our website. You can watch the video of Craig singing the songs. You can sing with him. The lyrics are there. And you can listen to the sermon there. And so I thank you for watching and I thank you for listening. God bless and have a great Lord's Day.